0: This podcast is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. Topshop has landed at Very. Check out the latest range and must-have pieces. Head to very.co.uk and order online now. Hi, welcome to Open Mind with me, Frankie Bridge. Many of you might know me from S Juniors or The Saturdays, but what a lot of you won't know is my battle with depression, anxiety and panic attacks on a daily basis. I'm currently in the process of writing a book about my journey with mental health. And while I've been doing that, I've been talking quite openly. And it's been really interesting and really helpful. Throughout this series, I wanted to invite all different people on to share their journey with their mental health. But for my first episode, I wanted one of my closest friends who I feel has shared my journey. She literally held me up when I was at my lowest she was there with me when I was down and she's still here today and I'm so pleased that Molly King is here with me for my first ever episode of Open Mind. I'm so excited that you're doing this.
1: This is just so brilliant and I can't think of anyone better to be doing a podcast about this conversation. Good. So See, I've trained her well. There you go. Yeah, give me the money later, all right?
0: <laughs> no, I just thought, like, for us, we have spent so much time together mm. And I think probably more than we have spent with a lot of our families. Yeah. To be honest, like every day, day in, day out. And we've been through so much. Yeah. So I kind of thought, what better person to kind of have this conversation with? Yeah, totally. Totally.
1: I mean, no, we have spent so much time together. So when we started the band, Mm. I was, I think I just turned 20. Were you 18? Yeah. Years wise, we've been together for so long. Yeah. But we've also been together at such a... Big part in your lives. I think where you're really learning about yourself, you're going through so many changes. You know, I've seen you go through breakups, I've seen you get married, I've seen you have children. (laughs) It's just been such a big part of our lives and I can't imagine you not in my life now. Do you know what I mean? Like you're always that person I call if I'm feeling wobbly about something and you know, we are very open with each other about things, aren't
0: we? I knew you back when all you wore were ug boots. And leggings. Do we have to bring that up? And clean your armpits with baby wipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and you still do that. So that's something I was that's say. consistent. Yeah, nothing's changed there. Come on, let's not lie. But I think for us too at the beginning, even at the beginning of the band, mm. it was such an exciting time. Yeah. But it was also, we didn't have a clue what was going to happen. We didn't know how successful we were going to be. or we could do was hope really couldn't we totally
1: it's all we had really was each other like the five of us Mm. and we didn't know like you say we didn't know whether it was going to flop we didn't know whether it was going to succeed and we kind of just had to like cling on to each other and I think that we found out very early on that although we're quite different personalities we have so many similarities as well yeah and I think that we probably at the start bonded over how sort of open and honest we are but Also, like, our insecurities. I think right at the start of the band, we were quite honest about, like, oh, gosh, we feel a little bit like we've got the imposter syndrome being in this band. But we both wanted to be there so much. The
0: whole way through, didn't we? Like, it was something we'd both always wanted. And although I had even previously been in a pop group as a child, you'd... Made it really far in a band in X Factor. So it wasn't like it was the first thing we'd ever done. I love
1: that you compare my band <laughs> with my friends to the S Club Juniors. <laughs> Let's not even go there, shall we? I remember in the Saturday's auditions and I met you in the toilet and yeah. I was like, that girl's been in S Club Juniors. <laughs> and I knew all the words to the S Club Juniors like albums. And there was me having been in a band with my friends for like two years. But thank you. I like that you uh, compared yeah, those your two bands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, I think we're both always been insecure self-deprecating and we kind of both know how to pick each other up like you're quite positive although you are you
1: are yeah i feel like i've got the two extremes haven't i like i remember at the start you called me like miss disney or something because you were like god (laughs) mole you just see everything in such a like a a movie way and like i was like oh i want to do this and do this and and i kind of had that outlook on everything but i think that i've got the two extremes of either being like that or just being really hard on myself and a very anxious person. Yeah. But I think it actually took me a while to see the sort of everything that you were going through. Mm. Because I know that you were quite good at sort of hiding everything that you were going through. And it wasn't until like a good few years in the band that I saw sort of like the extent of everything.
0: Yeah. When was the first time you think that maybe? I mean, I know it's hard for you to remember that you feel like you maybe noticed that I wasn't dealing well with something.
1: Mm. I mean, this photo that I'm looking at here, where we're walking, I think we are walking to stage here, weren't we?
0: Yeah, I can't remember if it's to or from. We were basically, it's a picture I posted on Instagram and it seemed to get a really big reaction. it's of me and Molly in our costumes, tiny little dresses, walking to or from a gig in Ireland and Molly has got her arm around me and I posted this picture because... To anybody else, it just looks like two best friends walking along happy as Larry. And actually, Molly was pretty much physically holding me up Mm -hmm. um, because I'd had a real meltdown that day. Yeah, And I was really surprised when you said that you remembered that.
1: I remember that day really clearly because Mm. I know that you had spoken to me before that about how you had these sort of moments of feeling really down. And I remember you saying that you'd come home from work and you'd get into bed and you'd shut the curtains and you just you wouldn't get out of bed and you just felt like you didn't have any energy to do anything once you got home. Mm. And I remember just feeling so sad hearing that, because it was very different to the person that I was spending every day with at work. Yeah. And then that day of the gig, I know that we were staying in a hotel and I'd come into your room, it was next door to mine and I don't think I'd said to you, I'm coming in.
0: No, and that would be you, weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you opened the door and I came in and it was, it was like pitch black in there. You'd closed all the curtains mm. and you were just in bed. And it was literally, it was the first time that I'd actually seen with my own eyes, the sort of the extent of what you were going through. Yeah, And you were clearly just really struggling. And you basically just spoke to me about all of it, but, really in depth for the first time I think rather than trying to cover it from all of us and trying to you know normally you'd be like yep I'm okay I'm okay and keep Mm. trying to plod on but this time you're actually like I can't cope anymore and this is what I'm like all the time and I just remember being so shocked and feeling so helpless because I didn't know how I could help you other than to sit and talk to you Mm. and try and try and like pick you up in any way I could but it was for me it was the first time of actually experiencing somebody in this situation and I, and I just didn't know what to do and then I also, I remember you getting on stage that night and just looking over at you and thinking oh my god the fact that you have been feeling like this all day and then you can get up on stage and just completely like put on this performance and get into this character of yeah I'm great I'm Mm. loving my life here and I just had so much respect for you just thinking wow I know what you're going through and the fact that you're up here and you're still you know putting on a show I just had this whole new sort of level of respect I guess and Mm. I just thought wow you you are incredible for for carrying on when you're actually feeling like this.
0: I feel like with me, for considering we're so close mm. and we spent so much time together, I think it's a prime example of how good people are at hiding their true feelings. Definitely. And how did you feel when you found out that this had been going on for so long?
1: I think the first emotion I felt was that I felt so sad for you and I felt sad that you were going through this every single day and that you hadn't been able to speak about it or felt that you could speak about it. And then obviously, part of me felt like, God, Molly, you've been a terrible friend here. You haven't picked up on any of the signs. How have you missed this almost? Yeah. Because, you know, like you say, we're so close. And I felt like, God, I've totally just not seen this. But I think that from speaking to people about this, I think that quite often when people are suffering from depression, you do get very good at actually hiding it and just Mm. carrying on with life. And so it is hard for sort of friends and family to sort of, detect any signs because
0: they're often not very obvious no I think it's a bit I think a lot of people feel guilt yeah in in not realizing totally that guilt of not picking
1: up on the the signs earlier yeah
0: and sometimes it can be too late for some people and I think I would hate anyone to feel that burden because it's just not true because yeah. we are good at hiding it. It's yeah. like an addict, they can go for years without anyone knowing. Yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't feel like I could talk to you, I just didn't want to. Yeah. It was something I was ashamed about and so good at hiding. Yeah. And probably didn't really want to acknowledge at the time.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely a part of it as well. I think for friends and family, it is exactly that. You do feel that guilt of gosh, I should have picked up on the signs earlier. Is there more that I could have been doing or can be doing now to help this person? But I do just think that the biggest thing around all of it is to just try and speak, just try and be open and honest. And, you know, even when you and I spoke about it, when you said to me what you were going through, hopefully you'll have felt okay this is a bit of a problem shared is a problem halved almost because at least you can talk to me about it and you know I'm not going to have any of the solutions for you Mm. but just by being able to say to me god more I'm having a terrible day today then I'm more aware of it and I can sort of look out for it and hopefully you know like put an arm around you and just tell you that I'm there and I can look after you in any way I can really. And
0: I think that actually you've hit the nail on the head like there is no solution. Mm. And I think that's often what we want to do as humans. We want to fix things yes. we want to solve it. Yeah. And actually I think a lot of the time when someone's speaking about out about depression or anxiety, they're not looking for you to solve it. They're no. not looking for you to fix it because that's impossible. The only person that can do that is the person that's suffering. Yeah. And I think that's what people need to know. Just by having awareness and having knowledge, that is enough. And just being a good friend and being there to listen, that's all you can do.
1: Was there a moment for you when you thought... Okay, this is more than just worries that I'm having or a a bit of anxiety. Was there a moment where you thought, okay, this is actually something that I'm living with all the time and that I need to
0: get help for? Can you remember that gig quite near the beginning? We were doing like nightclub gigs and universities and stuff. Yeah, And we were all really tired. Mm -hmm. And I remember in a rehearsal once we all clubbed together and I was like, we can't face doing this show tonight. Can you remember that? It was when we had the first manager... OK, right, right, right. And we all kind of sat together and there were a few tears or whatever. Everyone's was really tired and we just said, like, look, we can't do it. We're yeah. tired. We need to call cool it now. We need a day, a day off. We need a day off, yeah. And she was like, the only way you can do that is by getting a letter from a doctor to say that you medically can't do it. So it was like next day off we all went to the GP and everyone was in there like, yeah, I'm really tired, whatever. And I remember just sitting there and just breaking down and right. just crying and he was like mm i think this is more than tiredness i think you should go to a therapist and i'm sure i spoke to you about it afterwards and was like i'm not crazy though so i don't understand why why they're sending me yeah, there no that's not like that's what crazy people do like that's yeah. just not like i'm just tired so i think that was when i was in denial and then i think around that time like you said when i said to you that i was just going home and mm. just getting in bed and yeah I remember that that was a turning point for me because at that point I'd been having therapy and was kind of like, I don't want medication. There's nothing wrong. I just need to, like, talk it out. Yeah. And actually there was a point where I was like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm going home, I'm working and I'm life of the party at work. Yeah. And then I was getting home. Hi to the boyfriend get straight in bed, don't eat dinner, just sleep and cry myself to sleep. Yeah. And I think that was when I was like, OK, maybe I need to try something else. This isn't really working. How long do you think you put it off for? Oh, God. i time so bad with time frames. Yeah. I only remember, like, the big moments. But I think it was a good few months. Mm. I, I did a lot of therapy every week because so I remember... In the end, in our schedule, I had to make them carve out time, time for me for to go it. once yeah. a week. Yeah. And that was a big thing at that time. Because yeah. Because our schedules were so jam-packed. Yeah. It was like, no, I need you to do this. And they did do it, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, they did,
1: yeah. Even that just...
0: shows you that we were just so busy that there wasn't really much time. And it just seems, I mean, you know, if you've been poorly before in mm. the band, it's so hard to say, actually, you know what, I can't do it today.
1: And I think once I'd seen that, I saw it for years after that, you just carrying on, but actually there was so much more under the surface that you were dealing with. Mm. Um, and I and I remember when you said that you were going to go into hospital and and spend some time there, I just remember feeling so relieved, for you that I thought I really just hope that this sort of helps, even just in the smallest way. Cause I'd obviously seen you really struggling. And I hope that like for the the next few years after that that we were in the band together, I feel like we were very open and honest with each other. And I know that there were there's quite a few times I can think of now where I've seen you really low. And I just hope that maybe
0: helped in some way. I
1: know that it's it's hard to help somebody in that yeah. position. No,
0: you did because I had a person that I could turn to for everything. Even before that, anything we could just be open with each other, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. Know, all our stresses and worries and anything that went on, we were like that anyway. Yeah. So for me, then once you knew, I knew I could turn to you, and there wasn't any particular thing that I expected from you. Just yeah. to have someone there is to enough. Talk to. Yeah. 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 Um, and we used to laugh a lot still. like Oh, all you know, oh, the time. And you always had a problem that I had to solve. <laughs> which always still made me do, feel babe. better. How long have you got? I've got a list of them here. I know. Yeah. Um, and I think because you were quite an anxious person at times, yeah. it, you did have some more understanding than I think you thought you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that I... Because I am quite hard on myself and I do have a lot of anxiety, I think I could understand that side of it. I would love to be one of those people who doesn't care. You know, Mm. those people that are just so like, they've got loads of confidence. They don't care what other people think. And they're just like, yes, this is me. And I would love to be that person. And sometimes I think, right, come on, mole. You're going to (laughs) be that person. Doesn't matter what people think. Just do your own thing. But there's always that like niggling voice in the back. That's like, oh God, but what if you say this? And somebody then thinks you're a terrible person or you do this. and, And I think I'll always have that. But I think that I need to try and like, try and be like, no, Mole, you know that that's that other voice talking to you. Mm. Um, For me, a big thing is to try and just distract
0: myself and not let my mind go into these sort of catastrophizing moments. Do you think some of that comes from being someone that was so busy every day, all day, to then, now you are busy, but you know, being in a band, you are busy pretty much twenty four seven, three hundred and six five 365 days of the year. Yeah. Let's be honest. Unless yeah. you're sick. Yeah. Unless it's Christmas Day. That's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> and um, I just think, I, sometimes I think a lot of mine comes from that, is where I've spent so many years not really having the time. Time to the, think oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. And I think when I first met you, you would have been the last person that I would ever have thought that would suffer from low mood or anxiety. Like, I knew you worried about things. Yeah. But I never thought it would be a real problem for you. Yes. Because of your personality.
1: Yeah, I know. I think because I do try and always look at things, like, in the best way possible. I do really try to, you know, be so positive. But, yeah, maybe it is that. I mean, I haven't really thought about that. But maybe it is just because... There's more time to actually sit down and think about things now. Mm. And, you know, I'm such an overthinker, And you're a what -er, if-er. Oh, totally. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) What if, what if. That's it. And maybe that is it. Maybe my thoughts just get carried away with themselves. Mm. But, um, yeah, I do need somebody sometimes to just shake me and be like, you're being ridiculous now, Molly. Come on, let's get down to the facts here.
0: This episode of Open Mind is brought to you by very.co.uk. New toys have landed at very. Find all the toys everyone's talking about, including Barbie, LOL Dolls, and Frozen. Go to very.co.uk and shop now. I was as well shocked with you when you did Strictly. Because I knew that was a big thing for you, like, breaking out on your own. Because I feel like when I did it, it was scary. And it was the first thing I did straight after the Saturdays. But we'd literally come out of a tour. Everything was still kind of in full swing. We were still quite busy. So I didn't really have that much time to think about it. Yes. And And I was kind of
1: in... What? And the big
0: difference is that you can dance and that I can't dance. <laughs> yes, you can. can. Come on. You can. Don't lie to me. Come you on. You can. That was our thing, Mo. Oh, sure. That was so- your
1: thing. <laughs> that was your thing. Right front and centre, Frankie. <laughs> she can dance the best. <laughs> oh, that's why I was a bit of a surprise that I went on Strictly. <laughs>
0: that's not what I said. <laughs> you said that yourself. <laughs> but, yeah, that was... um. It was a
1: bit of a surprise to me as well. Like, I'd always known that I'd wanted to do it, mm. but I always
0: was so scared to do it. I think I remember when I did it, you would always be like, oh, show me, like, a little move. Oh, yes. Can I come and watch it? And I remember Kevin come away with us for a show. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember where we went, somewhere abroad. And I, like, turned around, turned my eye for a split second, and you'd got in there <laughs> with my partner, and you were prancing around with him. I was and like, I was Kevin, like, teach oh. me something, teach me something. Yeah. He was like, God, this girl... Was way too keen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think because I'd come to watch you quite a few weeks yeah. at Strictly. And I remember just thinking, gosh, you're so brave. You're so brave to do this. And I'd hear them say, like, Frankie Bridge dancing the Paso <laughs> And I'd be so nervous watching you. And I always remember thinking, God, I'd love to do this, but I couldn't do it with the amount of viewers that Strictly gets, like millions. Yeah. And then I just, you know, I, I signed up for it because I thought, right, come on, Mo, just do this. Just be brave and just do it.
0: But I just feel like you embraced it. And that's what I think is funny. Because you managed to be successful, people assume that there's no anxiety there or 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 anything. Or Or for me, yeah, like with the depression and stuff, I think people find that hard to understand that you can manage to have a full life and still suffer and... But it's weird. It's almost like you t- want to test yourself. It's like, no, I am going to say yes to this, even yes. though I am terrified. Because if I don't, that comes with its own issues as well. of yeah. regret And
1: oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that if it was somebody else saying to me, OK, I really want to do strictly, but I'm so nervous. I would be like, you've got to do this and i'd be so sad if i thought that somebody was saying no to it just because of nerves and yeah. i sort of had to take that on myself and be like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity so many people would love to do strictly and the fact that the opportunity is there and what am i going to let the nerves get the better of me i was like no i've got to do this mm. and I think the biggest thing that I loved about that, and the same thing with the Saturdays, was that part of actually like being in a team with somebody. Yeah, I loved that feeling of like, okay, we're in this together and we're going to work towards a goal together. And I think that's probably why I felt so lost coming out of the band because it was suddenly like, okay, you're on your own here. And I was just like, whoa, I I don't want to be on my own here. I I love being in the band with Strictly. I loved having that partnership where the two of you can think, right, we're in this together and let's just put everything into this
0: don't you think as well now when i did strictly social media still wasn't that big yeah like, i remember when we, when we started the saturdays we had to just sign on to forums yeah, we had and saturdays chat forum. to, yeah and chat to fans that way yeah and i remember like a couple of negative things here and there but it was never that bad i don't think yeah, yeah. um it was i think because fans had to take their time out to sign up and set up an account and this that the other yes um and when I was on Strictly, even still, Instagram and stuff wasn't that big. Yeah. And I and for you, you know, it's not as big as it is now because it wasn't that long ago. Do you think social media, do you find it harder in our job having to deal with that as well? Do you think that affects you or do you think you've kind of moved past that now?
1: No, it definitely does. And I think with Strictly because it's a completely new adventure, people are going to form an opinion on you very quickly as to whether Mm. they like you or don't like you. And I think that is quite hard to deal with. And I know that on Strictly, often I wouldn't look at a lot of the comments because I know what I'm like and I know if I see the negative ones, I'll believe the negative ones. I won't believe any of the positive ones, but those negative ones, they'll just sit with me for days. And I just thought, you know what? I'm hard enough on myself already... And a lot of the scores that I was getting, probably getting about like sixes for most of my dances. And I thought, that's what I need to focus on here, not what somebody's comment says who's trying to tear me down. But I think that even now I've learned to try and with social media, I won't go on it after a certain time in the evening. Because I think if I get into bed and I go on it, I mean, don't get me wrong, every now and then I will find myself scrolling. But it will just play on my mind a lot of it. Like, most of the time, it'll be fine. But sometimes you see th- something and you think, oh, God, and it makes you feel really low. Yeah. And then you just go to bed feeling so low and sad about something. And I think, why did I do that? I should have just not gone online after about 8 o'clock and just carried on with my own life. Because it can do that, can't it, social media? Yeah. It can, like, make you worry about things or make yeah. you stressed about something. That- I think
0: sometimes a lot of it is not always. I think people put a lot of emphasis on comments like they think it's the comments that people make that um, are the hardest thing to be on social media but actually for me it is that constant comparison it's that looking at people and I am follow I go through sometimes I'm like why am I following this person that makes me feel rubbish and yeah blah 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 but still they creep back in there. You start following new people, whatever. And then mm. that is my biggest thing of looking at other people and saying, oh, it's not a jealousy thing. It's not, oh, I should be doing it. Why are you doing that? And I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's, oh, should I be doing that? And yes. oh, should I want these things that you have? And should I be as happy as you look? And yes. should my husband be doing the things that your husband's doing? And my kids, should they be counting to a million like yours when they're yeah, one? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, it is hard to not, do that. To not compare. Like, do you think that you've backed off it slightly? I do. And uh, some people will often they'll say to me oh you know when I'm not in a good place because I'll post more pictures of me looking like I'm in a really good place really happy and oh with quotes of how good life is and whatever yeah and actually I'm the opposite is that I'll just disappear I'll just fall off the face of the earth yeah and that's because I just feel like I haven't got anything to give like it's hard enough to give throughout the day to my kids and my friends and my family yeah to then have to give to this the whole world Mm -hmm. of what I think they're expecting of me yes and I do now know that a lot of the time honesty is taken really well people like it if I come on and say I'm having a bit of a rubbish day today or whatever but sometimes I just can't bring myself to do that or some days I want to post something happy or whatever and I just think it just feels fake I don't want to be fake. I don't want to come on and say, look at this amazing thing that's happened to me today and I'm so excited about it and da-da-da and actually inside I just feel like a piece of poo. (laughs) I know because you just <laughs> the mature way of putting it I know <laughs> I know because you don't want to go on there and be like oh I'm just so smug my life's so great yeah because we're adding to that exactly. And exactly I feel like such a hypocrite sometimes because social media can be an amazing thing yeah. but it can be a really negative thing yeah and I always feel like I'm so caught in the middle of that like totally I want to be a part of it and for our job we have to be a part of it yeah and people want to see great parts of your life and yeah. whatever and you want to post about work but then it's all Also that we have that responsibility as well of not being like other people that post a perfect life that make people feel rubbish about themselves. I know,
1: yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really feel like I'm sort of in the middle because if I want to put up something like, oh, I'm having a really fun day today, you know, I'll post it. But I think, oh, God, is that a bit like doing exactly what you're saying of just joining in with that whole, oh, my life's great kind of thing. But also if you put up something like, oh, you know, I'm I'm not actually feeling great today, I worry that people are going to go, well hold on a minute, there's a lot of people out there that are having it worse than you, which yeah. I know.
0: And so it's very difficult to sort of... But I think what you have to do, and the only thing you can do, the only thing that people can ask of you is to be honest. Yeah. So if you are having a fun day, it's not illegal for you to be having a good day yeah. and someone on the other side of the world is having a rubbish time. Like yeah. you can't, We can't live our lives like that. It's like saying, oh, someone's ill and so I can't be happy. We have to... Yeah. You have to live your life. But yeah. I think if you are genuinely having a rubbish day, we have that responsibility to be like, yeah, okay, today's Honest not as good, it. but if you're having a great one, go for it. Yeah. I think we have to try not to overthink that maybe. Yeah. You mentioned around the time when I went into hospital. Mm. And I think for me, like obviously being the person that went into hospital, I wasn't around to see how that affected you guys, mm. the girls. And I mean, you all picked up the pieces and just carried on, which was amazing. I remember at the time, obviously I wanted you guys to carry on and you had to, but there was also a part of me that was a bit like, oh God, like, it really works without me. Like, it was a really weird feeling of yeah. being like, obviously I want you to carry on and the band has to go on, the show must go on. But you want to uh, feel missed? Yeah, You're yeah. You're like, oh, wow, like, that interview, that <laughs> Radio 1 live lounge was amazing. Um, God, they've show. never sounded better. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really weird.
1: No, of course, we. whenever somebody is away from, like, that, the five of us, you feel like... A big part is missing. Of course Mm. you do. And because you and I are like inseparable, I felt like, oh, my gosh, like my right arm's missing here. Like, where have you gone? But I think all of us were actually really pleased that you actually took the step and you were doing something about it. Mm. Because I think for so long, you were kind of just putting it under the carpet. Just like, hey, I'm going to ignore this. I'm going to ignore this. And I'm going to keep going. And that become kind of a habit, hadn't it, for you? Mm. Of just like, right, I've got to just put this to the back of my mind now and go and do this show or go on this tour and promote this or whatever. But actually, this was the stage for you to be like, OK, I need to pause here and I need to do something about
0: it. I remember when i been in hospital. I think I was technically supposed to be in hospital for three months. Yeah. And then we had that tour. I can't remember what tour it was. like, What was it called? All Fired Up. All Fired Up <clears> tour. <throat> and... um like, insurance-wise, at the time, our insurance didn't cover mental health. So if I didn't do it, we'd basically lose loads of money. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, I obviously really wanted to do it because we love touring, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, and, um, yeah. And I wouldn't have ever missed it for the world. And so I remember coming out of our store and I remember one time coming out to do a gig and, like, we did the sound check, and then we come upstairs and I just had this massive panic attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know, can you remember it or not? I do remember this, and I remember just having this panic attack. And it like was like on the, it was like on the side of the stage yeah. almost. Yeah, and all you girls just kind of looking at me, and I was like, "Oh God, they've not actually seen this." That no, no,
1: exactly. And that
0: must have been really weird for
1: you. Yeah, it was. I remember that really clearly, and I remember when you had a panic attack in LA um, before oh, yeah. we were doing a gig there, and it's just. So sad to see somebody going through that because you were obviously really struggling. Yeah, so much more than any of us could have ever known because you were so good at just carrying Hiding on. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think that when you look back to even like the S Club Juniors, mm. do you think that even at that age, because what were you like eleven or twelve? Twelve. Yeah. Do you think even then you had moments of of this sort of creeping in?
0: I think I did, yeah, from a really young age. It's funny though, while I was doing S Cup Juniors, I don't, before S Cup Juniors, I was anxious. Yeah. During, not so much until the end. And I think it was when I was starting to realise that. I was getting older and things were going to change and, you know, what was next. All my friends were going to uni and yeah. I was kind of in limbo a bit and I think that's when I remember it kind of returning. Again, it's that, like, not knowing what I'm going to do next, yeah. who am I now. I think I lost myself a bit after s Juniors because I'd gone, again, from working every day, someone telling me what to do all the time to... Mm. I remember being signed on my own as a solo artist and them just saying, oh, like, so what music do you like? And not even knowing what music I liked.
1: Well, you were so young, weren't you? You were like
0: 15 or something. Going shopping, not knowing what clothes I liked or anything. It was was such an odd feeling. And I remember Simon Fuller saying to me, go away for a year and figure yourself out and come back and let me know. And even that, I never went back because I was like, I still don't know.
1: (laughs) Did you know, though, that you wanted to still be in music like when you when you heard about this new band that Polydor putting together
0: because you got a call from the label didn't you yeah we're doing a new band i was in zante living it up with my friend (laughs) and uh living the dream (laughs) it was horrendous and um that was a bit of a realization for me that oh okay so this is what people do okay people go out and do this because i've come from such a sheltered life (laughs) um i think yeah it was scary. I was scared to go into another band. Yeah. But I didn't have any other options. It wasn't like I was, you know, I was working in a bar and I was working in a shop and, and I for a while I, was, I thought about going to uni and then I was like, no, I still want to do music. So when I got that call, I was like, oh, it's for a girl band. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know about Who that. Who am I going to be lumbered with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. And here she is. <laughs> um, and I was scared, but I was like, of course, yeah, it's what I love. Yeah. And, it just kind of happened. Yeah. It was weird. I remember coming out of the meeting and my two best friends had travelled up to, with me. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm in a girl band. And oh, my like, God. What, you think or you know? And I was like, I think. I don't really know. <laughs> um, I kind of said yes. I don't even know if I really want to do it. And um, I think, yeah, it, it's weird. My anxiety when I was younger just kind of came in and out. Yeah. Um and it wasn't until, yeah, it really came to a head in the Saturdays, and I think I think that is mainly down to me just pushing everything aside and becoming who I thought everyone thought who you I thought be. everyone wanted me to be, yeah, because. In a pop group, people just want to see you happy. They want you, you're there to make other people feel good for them to have a good time. Yeah. And I just thought, no one's interested in the fact that I feel rubbish sometimes or that sometimes I cry myself to sleep or. Yeah, you feel almost like you're not allowed to. Yeah. And you're not allowed an opinion, sad. are you? Yeah. Really? You have to be so neutral. And I think. When I did first speak out, it was really early on and people hadn't really done that then. And even after that, I did it. And then it was like, I pulled back again. You know, oh, don't talk about medication. Don't talk about panic attacks. Don't talk about suicidal thoughts. You know, you can't. That's not your job. So it was like I explained myself and then was like, yeah, no, don't talk about that. Because I didn't want to be the poster girl for like depression. Mm.
1: Whereas now I'm like, bring it on. I feel bad a little bit when I say that I have a lot of anxiety because I think... OK, I shouldn't. I'm in a really fortunate position, and I'm very lucky. And I feel a bit like, oh, I shouldn't really say that because I'm very lucky. But oh mm. God, I still have this thing that's in the back of my head saying to me like, oh Molly, you're terrible at this. Or oh, Molly, you're so lucky to be in this. Or that imposter syndrome of, God, you you know you shouldn't be in this position that you're in. Yeah. So it is a bit of a battle, isn't it? A bit of an ongoing battle. Yeah.
0: So what do you do on like a general, maybe day to day basis of well being of keeping you? on a good level.
1: Okay, well what I've tried to start doing is writing these gratitude lists. So you really? know where you write like at the at the start of the day or some people do it before bed. Do you, you at write, the top
0: is it always I'm really grateful for Frankie Bridge.
1: Oh, number 1, Frankie <laughs> Bridge in my life. That's it. Stand the end full stop. <laughs> I mean, after that, then okay, I might yeah. uh, write other things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, just try and write just three things that you're really grateful for. Because I think sometimes you can wake up and I can be so overwhelmed about, you know, the things that I've got on that day or feeling nervous about something that actually you don't take time to just sit there and think, God, there's so many great things going on here yeah. that I want to actually just sit and think about those for a second before I worry about other things or before I get ready for the day and things start moving at 100 miles an hour. So I've started to write those gratitude lists. I've become more aware of the things that I do that make me feel better, whether it's small things like taking my dog Alfie out for a walk or going to the gym or just going around to my sister's. Um, I'm just really trying to like tap into the things that make me happy. And often, I know this sounds a bit like a cliche, but often it is just the smallest things rather than trying to do something extravagant or expensive or anything wild like that. It's just stuff like going around to mum's for a cup of tea or coming over to yours and eating all the pom bears. Do you know what I mean? Just those small (laughs) things. I mean, what are they for you if you've got a day off that you think... Or just an everyday thing that you think, these are the things that are keeping me going? Yeah.
0: I think for me, obviously, it is it is like you say, it's the obvious things like trying to keep up going to the gym and seeing friends and stuff like that. I mm. think for me with kids, it's sometimes harder. Yeah. But for me, my new thing is learning to say no. Okay. So I'm a bit of a people pleaser and I spend a lot of my time doing things that I don't actually really want to do and yeah. go into things that actually make me feel really rubbish about myself. Yeah, And I spend a week on the lead up feeling anxious about it and dreading it. Mm. And okay, nine times out of ten, these things are fine once I'm there. Yeah, And sometimes you have to force yourself to do them. But actually, sometimes I'm like, what am I going to gain from this? Obviously, It's not about being selfish. You know, if there's something a friend... A wedding or someone's birthday or something. I'm not going to not go if it means a lot to someone else because that makes me feel good. Yeah. Um. But it's things that are oh, not that important, and actually, someone else gains a lot more out of than I do. Maybe yes. On a work level or something, not an emotional level. But, and I'm um, Wayne has said to me for years, you need to learn to say no, and that's kind of my new thing. Yeah. Definitely. It's hard, but I'm getting there. That's <laughs> that is. A I mean, good I say one. no to the boys all the time, so it should be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to invite you around to mine next
1: week. You're going to say No, no. So I get it. I get it. It's fine. I'll stop calling, all right? I'll stop texting.
0: Busy, busy. <laughs> Thanks again to Molly for coming on and talking so openly about everything. And don't forget, if you're struggling with any of the issues we've discussed and want to talk to someone about how you're feeling, you can go to the MIND website at mind.org.uk. I'll be back next week with more Open Mind. I hope you have an amazing week. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of Open Mind the podcast was sponsored by very.co.uk.